Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. G'day and welcome once again to Profitable Farmer. Jeremy dialing in from Cootamundra. Um, it's, we're inundated here um, and I think our bridge is about to burst. We've had a heap of rain. Um, I hope the season's playing out strongly for you. It gives me great pleasure in this podcast this evening to introduce Kevin Butler to you, the founder of BlazeAid. Um, this incredible organisation will be known to many of you. Um, looking at their website, I get the impression that over 15,000 kilometres of fencing has been achieved by BlazeAid volunteers on some 4,000 farms. And it's just such a great story of um, volunteering and charity making such a massive difference to adversely affected farming families across Australia. Um, I met Kevin by chance. I was in a team meeting. A couple of our clients um, down near Hayfield um, had recently been affected by the floods that have impacted that region. And um, one of our teams suggested that maybe BlazeAid could help with their recovery. And so I got out of that meeting and picked up the phone and rang BlazeAid, um, just the, the open contact number on their website. And I was super impressed that um, Kevin, as the uh, BlazeAid founder, answered the phone. And it just so happened that he was in Canberra to be awarded with his wife, Rhonda, the Australian Farming Legends of the Year 2021-22 award at Parliament House. So he um, was generous enough to take my call. And um, as we probably come to expect from BlazeAid, within literally 24 hours, they had a base underway to be set up in Hayfield, um, supporting those flood-affected farmers. And I know that there is a camp there now, Kevin, and already your team are having an impact in that flood-affected area. Um, it's a real honour for me to introduce you to our listeners and to share the BlazeAid story. So, Kevin, thanks for your time this evening and welcome. Oh, thanks, Jeremy. I, I think you're too kind. <laughs> Kevin, where to start? I understand that BlazeAid is... Or was founded in 2009 as a result of some adversity that you and Rhonda experienced in the Black Saturday fires in Victoria. Would you mind sharing how BlazeAid came to be? On the February the 7th, 2009, uh, the fire that um, went on to King Lake and, and uh, unfortunately killed 172 people just started near the edge of our farm. Um, we we did lose about three kilometres of fencing, so we started rebuilding or cleaning it up and rebuilding it um, two days after the after the fire because we had about a thousand uh, merino ewes, um, uh, sorry crossbred ewes were going to get out in the Hume Freeway. So um, I realised it was bigger than Ben Hur, so I put a a simple ten dollar advertisement in our local um, rag, the North Central Review, and asked for some volunteer help. Um, so with friends and family, we rebuilt that fence in seven days and by myself, it would have taken three months. So um, my wife, Rhonda, she cooked the meals and provided 
you know, sandwiches and morning tea and lunch and afternoon tea for the for the five teams um, that we had. I was able to get some pretty handy fences and I sort of put some labourers with them, you know, friends and family and computer operators and that sort of thing. And they were able to poke the wire through the posts and slam in, you know, um, posts and so on. And and uh, so it was very highly organised and we had all the all the uh, the posts there and the wire there. So um, that's why it was done, you know, pretty quickly. So we're very, very, very happy about it. And and on the on the last day when we waved everyone goodbye, we said we decided to marvel over our new fence because ours was the very first fence up after Black Saturday. Um, anyway, my wife said, "Look, you've got your fence already built. I think really you should help your neighbours." So she said, "Rhonda said you know how to organise people, and um, why don't you do the same again?" And I said, "Well, all right, well, let's do it for a fortnight, but you've got to promise to feed them." And um, that's how Blaze Aid was born, and um, we've been at it ever since. Really, it's it's been it's taken over a lot of our lives. So I heard you say four thousand farmers. Uh, I think last year was three three thousand farmers in the Black Saturday fires, but we're now up to eleven thousand um, farms throughout Australia that we've helped. And um, to get you're quite right, fifteen thousand kilometres of new fencing. But I think we've cleaned up about 16,000 kilometres of old fencing because before you put up a new fence, you've got to clean up the old. I know in Western Australia alone, at Grass Patch, um, the team there cleaned up 1,000 kilometres of fencing, mainly in wheat country, and they decided not to rebuild over there because um, they're broadacre farmers. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a great journey. We've got um, 30,000 volunteers, and their average day is about 10 working days. Um, and uh, at currently we've got about five bases in Australia, but at the peak last year, we had 43 bases um, from Kangaroo Island right to the Queensland border. Um, some of those bases are still going right now, like at Warhope um, and uh, Adelong, uh, Tumbarumba and Cabago as well. Now we go seven days a week, um, so we cater for people who want to volunteer on weekends. Um, and we say to the job is done. Um, we're shoulder to shoulder organisation, so it's not really a free lunch for farmers. It's they've um, got to commit to um, uh, having the volunteers as productive as possible. So the farmers lead the show, but they've got you know two or three or four people to help um, you know run the wires and so on. So um, yeah, look, it's it's something that I've never dreamed that really would happen because. Um, I'm just a farmer and um, it's sort of, I grabbed a lion and tiger by the tail and um, it really, I couldn't let it go. Um, and I think a lot of people were looking forward to maybe a really pragmatic farmer-led organisation. Um, and uh, I guess I'm, I'm fairly emblematic of most farmers that that we um, the job is not done until the job is done and you don't go into a, a farming area that's been, you know, smashed by fires and just work for a fortnight and then leave, you stay until the job is done. So we do the boundaries and then we work on the internal fencing. Um, I think any farmers listening to this who've been, you know, hit by a natural disaster like a flood or, or a fire know that you're several years rebuilding. So uh, Blaze Aid invariably stays for, um, well, until the community don't want us anymore. 
But um, there's three communities at the moment. We've been there for, I think it's around about 18 months now, and the work still goes on. And there's a lot of very, you know, happy farmers, very, very happy communities. The, the wonderful thing about um, Blazeade is that we've only got two paid people in our whole organisation. Uh, for many years, it was totally voluntary. Um, and then we got our, our first um, a lady who had volunteered for about four or five years. We're able to get some funding for her. And uh, and today we've got um, two people, um, two ladies, one in admin, one the CEO, um, our daughter, Melissa, who's sort of pushing me off the perch, uh, which is great. So, um, and, um, you know, the, we, we've got a very clear um, tried and true system of um, making the, the uh, volunteers very, very productive. Um, and um, it, it just works extremely well. Um, and it just keeps on getting stronger all the time, which is great. Um, last year, we had the um, passion of mine is sowing down uh, country. Um, and uh, we, we put a million dollars into what I called Graphy, which is the grass seeds re-establishment after the fires funding initiative. And this is for East Gippsland farmers. Um, I think it might have been one or two in New South Wales on the river, but mainly East Gippsland and especially the uh, the Koryong, the the uh, um, what we call the um, oh gosh, it's right up on top there. And I think it was about 150 farmers that received funding um, from um, oh a couple of hundred dollars. And the highest one was twenty six thousand um, dollars, depending on their history of of sowing down and looking after their uh, their country and and fertilising it and rotating the stock around and giving good rest periods because you can easily kill um, sown down pastures by grubbing it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, it, well, that was enormously successful. We had an agronomist um, on board, um, and uh, I think almost all the funding has been um, now dispersed. There were a couple of farmers over at Lexton near Ballarat as well that were a part of it. Um, but that's... Um, because of COVID, uh, you know, our, our donations are not quite as strong as what they used to be. We, we um, when everyone was able to get together and and run concerts and chook raffles and everything else, um, I think it was fifteen million dollars that was raised. <clears throat> We're able to give most of that back to the farmers with um, the graphy, um, with the post and wire program, with um, rebuilding um, our equipment. We went from one hundred and four combat ready trailers. Uh, fully equipped uh, tandems to 234. Uh, I think we had no four-wheel drives at the time. I think we've got a fleet now of about um, 35 four-wheel drives, mainly Land Cruisers and Hiluxes and Navaras. And we've got a few caravans as well, um, so we can put the coordinators up in the vans. I think we've got about 100 Swift shelters, which are the earthquake um, shelters made of, uh, would you believe, core flute that um, have got power and um, heating in there. And they were mainly for our backpackers last year, but there's quite a quite a few people in there now. Now, I did forget to mention Casino. Casino had five fires um, ring it there um, in late um, December, January 2019. Uh, Ron Murphy, our coordinator, um, he's still running the show up there 18 months later. Uh, it's a one hell of a story. Um, and look, many of our bases, you know, we range from, um, you know, 10 to 30 um, volunteers. Um, oftentimes we're able to get seven or several uh, teams out on farms a day, so seven different farms. Um, at our peak, we had 2,000 volunteers. 
um, on about 30 bases um, around Australia. Um, that was about January or about February, March last year before COVID hit. Um, and that made just a magnificent impression because a lot of the volunteers, of course, were people coming out of the cities and uh, they were very good with rolling up wire and, um, you know, putting it in stacks so that the, um, you know, we had a nice clean space to start, you know, running the new the new posts and wires. So, um, yeah, it's it's the the wonderful you know it's, the wonderful thing about Blazade is that we've we've really got it down to pat now. Um, our daughter um, was a um, um, well, she was brought up on the farm, and uh, she did a lot of fencing. We've got Ron and I've got four children, three girls and a boy, and um, she's. Um, She's all. In fact, she came up with the name Blaze back in 2009, and she's always been volunteered with Blaze with her husband, and they've got three little girls, and um, she has been able to give us a hell of a shot in the arm. She's introduced um, automated um, uh, uh, registration of volunteers, so it's like the QR code when you go to a, a pub or a restaurant, you just press the show up the QR, show up your iPhone on the um, on a little pattern there, and up up comes the the questionnaire on on who you are as a volunteer and what your skills are and how long you're going to be you know helping and so on. And we're about to introduce it for the farmers as well. Um, and uh, we've also got a um, an automated system with uh, rechecking of our um, uh, of our wire cutters and or our standard inventory and all the combat ready vans uh, trailers, so that we've got a really good trace on all our equipment because. Our equipment now comes to something like, um, I think it's about $10 million worth of equipment. Um, and that's not including the vehicles um, that we've got. Um, so there's, uh, that's all from donated money. There's, there's not that much that's come from government. Um, we are registered as a charity, so we do get all the GST back. Um, so uh, it's really mums and dads and, you know, people like yourselves, you know, companies um, who've uh, had members who've been, um, really impressed with the way that Blazade has been organised and, and how we work and um, they're the ones who sort of give a terrific injection in, into um, um, you know in, in, into our uh, not-for-profit um, and you know it just makes an enormous difference so um, yeah I know I talk too long don't I Jeremy and I'm glad you'd ask any more questions so anyway I might give you that opportunity now <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. What's amazing, there's so many amazing things in what you've just outlined and shared, but your passion is still evident, you know, just to hear just how proud and how passionate you are for what yeah. this become. What did you Did you have a vision for what this might look like back in 2009? Did you have any concept that it might be as significant as it is today? No, no, no. Um, I was always planning in the early days for it to finish because it was it was taking an enormous toll uh, on our lives. Um, you know, I can remember clearly going to Dunny Do um, to that was after the Sir Ivan fires, and I think um, they were winding up up there, and they wanted me to come up, so I flew up there, and the ewes were lambing at the time, and um, you know, I've got some pretty flash um, white Suffolk um, genetics here, and. I knew a ewe was about to lamb. I thought, oh, look, I'll try and get away with it for a, a day or two. And um, I came home and it was just too late. You know, she um, she just, um, she was it was too late, yeah, and couldn't save her. But, um, you know, there were the years that you'd sort of come home from Blaze Aid bases and, 
you know, there'd be some, you know, sheep dead in the dam and that sort of thing. And and you thought, I thought to myself, well, look, there's people worse, far worse off of me. They've they've lost, you know, 300, you know, Angus breeders like the chap down at Lucendale last year or um, or this year rather in that terrible um, fire in South Australia or um, they've lost their homes and, you know, um, we had a farmer in Western Australia, 70 kilometres of fencing down and his wife in the hospital because she's terribly stressed. Um, there were farmers going through terrible droughts there in, in 1819 and we started the, the, you know, the drought support as well and we had a lot of volunteers there and um, helping on individual farms. So the the great thing about it is that, you know, Blazeade has sort of evolved over the last 10, 11 years. Um, we started off in our wool shed that only had two sides. I built it myself um, and um, we had 3,600 volunteers into that wool shed. Um, we didn't really have power on it. Uh, I know we had generators going and electricity cords across the road and it was pretty um, not, not really work safe. But um, the thing about it is that um, that's what really launched BlazeAid. Um, we started off with our own bank account. I just sold lambs before um, the Black Saturday fires hit. And uh, because of survivor's guilt, um, I know we, we didn't really have many tools at all. And you know, volunteered say, oh, look, I need a, you know, post driver or, you know, set of straining tools. I said, go and put it down on, on, <laughs> on their um, elders' accounts. Um, but look, you know, so many other organisations, Rotary and Lions and, you know, tens of them just knew what we were trying to achieve to help our neighbours and had it grown to 400 properties that we we're working on. Um, and uh, they, they all supported and, um, we're, you know, nine months later, we became um, a, a, a not-for-profit in our own right. Um, today, we've got this magnificent board. Um, I think there's about 14 on the board. Uh, every state of Australia is a representative except um, Tasmania. Um, we've got three farmers on the board, <laughs> but I've been able to con another uh, couple of dairy farmers to become members, and I like them on the board. Uh, they're from Bridgewater near Bendigo, I like them on the board in at our uh, AGM in October. Um, and um, and uh, like the board, um, I've been able to get fantastic people around me and coordinators as well, um, just uh, amazing coordinators who just, you know, of their own free will, not paid, they, um, you know, muster the, you know, the troops at um, seven o'clock in the morning and give them bacon and eggs and feed them up. And then at 7.30, it's the safety talk. And, and um, you know, they go right through all the information on the whiteboards on what farms are on. You know, you three are on Farmer Brown's place. So you're, you're right to go. You've got your safety gear, your, you know, your high-vis jacket on. You've got your gloves. Your, your trailer's right to go. All right, off you go. Make sure you ring the farmer and meet him there at the mailbox or whatever at, at 8 o'clock. And, and that system goes all over Australia um, every every morning at 7:30. Um, and um, the um, the thing about Blazade, there there was nothing before this that that um, I sort of thought, well, I've got to invent a model, uh, invent a system that that can, like McDonald's, can be sort of done all over Australia. And uh, it, it's worked really well. Um, the volunteers um, are used to the system. Um, Anyone can become a coordinator as long as they've got the ability um, to um, be humble um, and uh, be egalitarian and think of others. And um, those um, coordinators, um, I call them multi-million dollar people because 
you sort of don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out that if you're a coordinator like um, Steve up at, over there at Adelong <clears throat> in New South Wales, near Wagga, um, if you've got something, I think you average about 30 or 40 people a day. Well, if you do the maths and say, all right, 40 well-equipped people a day, um, 300 bucks a day, that's $12,000 a day. So $100,000 a week. And he's been at it for, um, what's that, around about 80 weeks. <laughs> so, you know, you're talking about $96 million. I mean, it's just the, the you know, and as we know with fencing, um, it's around about $14,000 a kilometre to build a decent cattle fence. Um, and half of that is labour. So um, if you've got someone to sort of, um, you know, clean up your old fencing with you and, and then, um, you know, like put those strainer assemblies in, or a lot of the farmers put the strainer assemblies in themselves. And I know last year we had contractors running around um, putting in the strainer assemblies and they were trying to keep up with our teams that are, something in you know steel posts and running the wire um you know it's it's it, it you can understand why blaze seems to just grow and grow because you get these farmers who've never ever had a skerrick not a not a modicum of support from anyone in their lives before and they get smashed by the fires and along comes these um you know these volunteers and i think the average age is about 60 um but you know they're a young 60 and um you know, a farmer will look at them and say, oh, gee, you know, what would they bloody know about fencing? You know, I'd, I'd, I'd have to help them up the hill. But um, they find out very, very quickly that they're, um, they work as hard. They are just solid, great workers and uh, um, they really get the job done. So, you know, a lot of farmers have been brought back from financial ruin um, because if you haven't got fences, you haven't got a farm. Well, especially if you've got livestock. And you need those internal fences up as well um, if you're going to, you know, if you've got a breeding program. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, fencing is just so, you know, important. It's so unique to Australia. And I think a lot of people don't really value fencing, but um, I know I do. I, yeah, so uh, there you go, Jeremy. What was that question again? Keeping up the passion? <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely there. I'm just out of interest. You mentioned the volunteers average 60 years of age. Do you see the next generation of volunteers coming through? Oh, yeah, yeah. The um, Look, last year we, we, um, we, we, we really noticed a difference because we had the, the backpackers. They couldn't go home to Italy and Germany and so on. And I think we had about 250 backpackers at one stage. So the average age come down to about 38. But, um, we, you know, when I visited camps, um, there were people of their own volition, um, you know, like families, um, young people, young professionals coming out of, um, you know, Sydney, Canberra. Um, you know, there, there were young families. Um, yeah, look, probably the average age has come down a little bit, but look, it doesn't really matter. I mean, mm. I, I, you know, any farmers listening to this, I mean, you give your back teeth just to have, you know, an old bugger there at the strainer post just sighting in the post for you. You know, like you might have your string line out, you know. I mean, I've, I've got, I use blue baling twine and have that at about, you know, 200 metres. And but always the wind catches it and you just want to, you know, sight it in properly. So it's straight. You've got a nice straight fence. So, you know, if a mob of crows sort of, you know, landed on the, you know, each steel post and you fired a shot, it'd go through every every crow that stood on a steel post. That's how how straight we like them to be. So we're proud of it. Um, 
But yeah, look, there's there's jobs for everyone. You know, we've I know up at Adelong that the CWA ladies and other groups they they sort of cook for the volunteers every night, and that was their way of sort of saying thank you for for coming from all over Australia to help our community. And it's a massive injection into the community because we buy locally. Um, we don't take anything from the cities. Like if someone turns up with a you know semi-trailer of dog food, we say, well, no, I don't really want that because what happens to the local businesses? You know, they've they've got to survive after these fires. So we, we buy everything locally, um, support the local businesses. But, you know, the formula works extraordinarily well. Um, and uh, we, we now, we're, we're in a position where um, we, you know, as a farmer, you know, we look, most farmers save and, I run Blazade the same way that we've got enough um, uh, reserves in Blazade that if there was another severe COVID, we would still be able to, you know, go the next thing, four or five years without significant fundraising. But I mean, what I would really like to do is sort of give extras back to those farmers who um, probably been paying insurance premiums all their lives, but you can't cover everything for a fire. Now, not the plantation up your driveway, you know, not the um, all the poly piping that goes to, you know, to supply water to the troughs, you know, not all the tanks have been insured. And, um, you know, I, I know up at Adelong there was a, a farmer there, he had his pump burnt on the, on the river and um, and uh, he couldn't get any water to his stock. And um, we had our first volunteers come back and report to me that night. And, and I said, um, get down there the next morning and get him a new pump. <laughs> And they did six horsepower Honda or whatever, and he had water for his stock the next day. And, and and having the power to do that, to put farmers start the road back again, it's 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 a wonderful, wonderful feeling to to change their lives. And the thing about Blazade is that you 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 cannot give without receiving. Look, there's something about farmers and how unique they are, and and you know they 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 just. I just feel it's so wondrous getting all this help. And um, and I know it's incubation period and that one day when the seasons turn right for them, they'll send a son or they'll send a cousin or they'll come themselves in a busload and they'll help some other poor farmers that have been burnt out, you know, 200 kilometres away, you know. Um, so it, it's, it's a, I guess pay it forward is one of the best descriptions of, why Blazade you know, succeeds so much. The, the other thing I think works well is that Blazade's really unique as far as um, not-for-profits or charities go and that um, I, I maintain that 100% of the donations had to go back to farmers. Well, we've got two people employed. I think it might be, I don't know, 98% or something like that. But ultimately, anyone who donates money knows that um, it's going to go into you know, replacing a chainsaw. Um, well, actually, our chainsaws don't really bugger up. We we service them all the time. We only buy top quality. But that, uh, how will I put it? If, if it's fuel, for example, to get the volunteers out or if it's food to sort of, you know, um, so we can feed our volunteers, um, uh, you know, it, it, it seems to just travel so far because our admin costs are just so low. And uh, that's, that has, you talk about passions. Um, uh, you know, I am in the inner sanctum. I know what's going on with other charities um, and not 
they don't all support farmers after bushfires, but I know where the money goes. I know how much goes there. And I'd like to Blaze Aid to be uh, very different to that. Um, and look, and people pick it up. That They know, you know, what Blaze Aid does. They know that it's being run by a farmer. Um, farmers have got this legacy of being incredibly honest and straightforward and telling as it, as it is um, and, and wanting to help their neighbours. And, and that's really the you know, the, the blood, you know, the, the, the bread and butter of Blaze Aid, you know, like I get a hell of a kick out of um, seeing farmers um, thrive and survive. I mean, that, that, that really, um, I find that really exciting. Um, <laughs> I, I like to see farmers recover and even if they've never been smashed, I, I like them trying out, you know, new ways, new ideas and, and, uh, and thriving because it was all my, always my passion um I'm on fifth generation farmer, but it was almost my passion to be a farmer um, and a good farmer and a profitable farmer. And, and we've achieved that. Um, and I guess, you know, when you've achieved that, you say, well, look, you know, I want others um, to be like that too. So uh, the, the thing about it is that Blaze Aid started off being run by a benevolent dictator um, and myself. Um, and uh, And today it's pretty similar to it that, you know, I've, I've got the board has all been handpicked um, by myself. They've they've come as coordinators um, or farmers uh, or people who've got incredible business skills, um, but certainly a passion for farmers um, and for rebuilding after bushfires. Um, and I, that that's that's the great thing about it. I, I don't entirely believe in democracy. <laughs> I know that you know you can start off a great organisation and. Once you take your hand off the steering wheel, um, it, it can sort of collapse. So, um, you know, we've got policies in place that um, ensure that it, that it keeps on going. We were on, in a, on a hunt for about 10 years for uh, my replacement and uh, fortuitously was our daughter um, who we found who was ready for a career change. She was a, a, a leading teacher. Um, and uh, I think technology is truly wonderful these days as well. Like I think Blaze's got about five different WhatsApp groups that are, that are bubbling away in the background. There's the, the Blaze board WhatsApp group that keeps everyone informed. There's the tool talk, and that sort of connects up all the coordinators and the and the tools around Australia. Um, we've got um, SharePoint as well. Um, we've got the coordinators um, coordinator chat, which means that the coordinators um, uh, uh, you know, chat to each other on on um, on what they're doing. I think there's a couple of other groups as well, and then we have the the big link up um, 12 o'clock Tuesday, where every coordinator in Australia um, has to come on at 12 o'clock, uh, listen to the news, and then um, give a, re a two minute report on um, on their volunteer numbers um, and their teams out today and their achievements for the week on farms. Um, and we have prior to that on the Monday, we have every coordinator in Australia who sends in the, the weekly data um, and that will say the number of kilometres of fencing that has been rolled up or cleaned up and the number of kilometres built um, and the number of volunteers, um, even right down to the number of meals. So, um, and I learned that from, um, there was a fellow called Lawson who started off Angus, um, their um, 
think of the 1960s, and I read that he performance recorded. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I've, I've always believed in measuring. Um, I, I mean, in the early days, I just didn't think that Blaze Aid, I, I, I didn't think anyone would do anything like I did in crazy and, and run a Blaze Aid base. But um, I found, you know, a year later with the big floods that um, indeed there were, you know, coordinators who'd put up their hand and I just trained them and, and away it went. But, um, you know, I sort of, I, I realised after um, oh, probably about two or three months, um, there was the my girl who was my PA, she was um, an absolute melancholy, a real stickler and um, she she would steal my diary every night and uh, she would she would get the data from it and she she get all the data from the whiteboards as well and uh, and she recorded it um, right from day one um, so that's why you were able to tell everyone that we'd done fifteen thousand kilometres of fence. Kevin, it's it's hard to comprehend the impact that you and your volunteers and your coordinators will have had on thousands of farming families and and hundreds of communities. Um, what would you say to all the volunteers that have been along for the journey with you? What, what would you say to them on reflection? Oh, well, you know, they're our heroes. Um, I, I just, um, gosh, you, you, you salute them, don't you? You, you take your hat off to them. Um, they're, um, oh, gee, I, I, I don't know how they do it, Sometimes I don't know why they do it because, you know, there'll be volunteers getting up at, you know, minus two degrees tomorrow at half past six in the morning. <laughs> I I just think it's just, a you know, almost divine intervention. Uh, I mean, it's it's just quite extraordinary. But look, they, it seems that they get a lot out of it themselves. You know, they love the camaraderie and the fun of a Blazeaid base. They like being a part of the team. They like building a fence um, uh, and, and looking back later and say, gee, you know, I was a part of building that fence. They, they like um, uh, seeing the change from a farmer who couldn't get out of bed because he's just so depressed with 30 years of fencing destroyed in 30 seconds um, to a farmer who's, um, you know, cracking jokes and, you know, smiling, laughing away. Um, and then they'll come back in. Volunteers will come back in and they'll say, look, I've got more out of today than what that farmer has got out. And and then the, it's the lifelong re relationships they form. Like they, um, a lot of the farmers um, get to know the volunteers and become friends with them. And then long after Blazade is gone, you'll you'll hear stories that, oh, you know, you know Mike and um, what's the name? Mike and Marie, you know, but... Um, casino um they're going to um look after um you know bill and jane's farm because you know, bill and jane are going to have a, a fortnight away and they'll check the troughs and you know feed the dogs and milk the cow and so on and, and that happens so often um so you know th there's people who who feel that when they're retired they want to have a purpose in their life they want to i guess be thankful for living in a great country um and give back i know it's a bit cliche give back but they do. They they really do give back, and and they get a lot out of it. And and if you listen to volunteers, they'll say that Blaze was the best experience of my life. And I'll say, say that again. You're saying Blaze is the best experience of your life, and they'll say yes. And I've heard that so many times. Um, 
Yeah, so look, you know, Blaze Aid is sort of one of those organisations that's it's a very touchy feely organisation. We we um uh our, our modus operandi, our, our philosophy is to treat other people the way we would like to be treated if we were a farmer that had just been burnt out, or if we're a volunteer coming for the first time, how would you like to be treated? Well, you'd like to be welcomed. Um it's very common for um well, Gary today, um, an old blazer from 10 years ago, he's one of the chiefs in Tool Talk, and um, I think everyone in Blazade, um wished him happy birthday today. It's very common that if um, you, Jeremy, if you were at Blazade and you had a, an anniversary, might be a wedding anniversary, a birthday, that, you know, the cake comes out with candles on it. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we make it a bit of a celebration for our, for our volunteers, um, and that's why they keep on coming back. And they tell their they tell their friends. Um, so uh, it, it's it's a great story and it, it works really well. We know that Australia is never going to be short of natural disasters, so we do need more vol more volunteers. Bozo just doesn't do fencing. Um, we do a lot more than that. Like, oh gosh, I, I, I think um, probably the biggest thing is rebuilding the the hearts and minds of a community. I mean, one of the most touching stories that I heard was. Um, from our vice president, Christine. And I think um, when she was running the Wingham base there last year, she sent a team out to this um, fellow whose wife had um, just early onset of dementia. Um, and the, uh, the story goes something like this, that the husband and three of the volunteers went off to do fencing, but one of the lady volunteers took the um, his wife down to this um, pond or stream and they skipped stones across the water like she did when she was a child. And they did that for an hour. <laughs> you know, when you get a, a flat stone and you, you know, we did it as kids. Um, and I mean, that I thought, you know, and, and you hear these stories all the time that blazaders, um, you know, the coordinators, when they get the farmers in to fill in the registration, they sort of ask questions about what they really need and what they want and, you know, what the situation is. And it might be, look, you know, you know, I've got a bit of cancer or, you know, my leg's a bit buggered or whatever, or I lost all my chooks, you know, no, you, you need a new chook house built. Oh, we've got a, we've got a couple of builders here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that, that we call those sun dries activities, you know, and look, it might be cleaning troughs. It might be putting, you know, like plumbing. I can remember up there on the Maranoa, um, uh, what was that between Mitchell um, Dunkeld Dunkeld was the base in 2013 and Rhonda and I drove up to see how the base was going and I remember uh, there was this um, this lady um, her um, I know this guy he uh, her, his wife was actually eaten by a camel um, or trodden on and eaten by a camel but he he had a shearing shed and um um, they had no hot water um, in the house, or he had no hot water in the house. And anyway, so this bloke was a plumber and he went fossicking and he found this old hot water system in the wool shed and he pulled it out and uh, he got it going. And uh, the farmer was the first time in since the floods that he was able to um, have a hot shower. Um, I thought that was a great story. And, and that was in, in the, um, the team leaders' reports that night. Um, so you, you just hear these just amazing stories of 
you know, you know, the the the, the blase volunteers are, are trained to listen to the farmer and sort of pick up on vibes on it might not just be fencing that they want. It, it might be something else. Like um, you know, it might be, oh look, the garden's full of weeds and my wife is just pulling her hair out, you know. And then, you know, the team leader will go back that night and say, Oh look, you know, Farmer Brown down the road there, he's got you know, his wife has got weeds all over the garden. There may be a couple of people might like to go down there and pull them all out tomorrow, you know, while we go off fencing. So um, that, that that's very, very common. But we, we can't record that um, because I don't know how we would do it. But there's been thousands of times that the Bladeside volunteers just do all those sorts of things that, I guess, create really good mental health um, after um, being smashed by fires or floods or cyclones or drought yeah what are you and Rhonda most proud of in all of this Kevin um I think that the thing that we're most proud of is that we changed Australia like when Rhonda and I have been burnt uh four times in fires um and apart from the Black Saturday fires we, we didn't receive any help um and I know my father and my brother they were burned out in the 1960s and they spent 12 months rebuilding the fences and I now know that um, um, after a flood or a fire, now that Blaze is fairly well known, there'll be people like you, just exactly what you did to me, um, I think a month ago, a month and a half ago, Kevin, what are you, gonna, what are you doing about Hayfield? <laughs> I said, do you know any farmers down there? Because I haven't had anyone ring me. Um, and that started the ball rolling. And, and I know that, um, the, the wonderful thing that I'm really proud of is that farmers um, in the future won't be alone in their rebuilding. That, that's that's what I feel really proud of. That um, um, that, that out of nothing, um, our first donation was a pair of wire strainers, and I looked at them and I said, "What good will that do?" But that was just the seed. <laughs> um, you know, we, we've got a, a great Blaze Aid army. Um, we're, we're able to, as you said in your introduction, Jeremy, we're able to get moving very, very quickly uh, and get all those combat trailers um, in farmers' sheds that are in storage, um, you know, right across the country. Um, we, we've got a terrific alliance with the Bendigo Bank who promotes um, volunteerism in Blaze Aid. We've got a terrific association with a, the ABC as well. Um, and I'm, you know, the Facebook, of course, is incredible. Um, we've got a, something like forty thousand followers there, so we're able to get information out very, very quickly um, on where a new base needs to be set up, and, um, and and get great support. So, you know, when I look at um, you know other organisations or government that takes so long, you know, to get things done and and I think of oh gosh, the people waiting must be going ape just with waiting, or and, and that we're able. Once I've got, well, South Australia is a classic. They'll actually ring me while the fire is roaring. They are so clued on, and then I'm, I'm able to start start getting coordinators organised and and equipment organised as well. So virtually once the um, uh, we're, we're sort of the third third in line once the um the fireys are, are out of there and the roads are safe um and the um the local community has made a sports ground available we're in 
um, and and that's that's something to be really proud of that that um, there are farmers who've got stock out on roads because they've got no fences. Well, we're able to give them a you know a hand very very quickly, and that's something that I'm I'm quite proud of. And and I think my greatest feel was that Blaze was going to implode when Rhonda and I um, pass on, but um, you know through our daughter who's only um, 35 um, and we got all our family really involved in blaze aid um, and and just you know the great numbers of of very loyal volunteers you know thousands of very loyal vol volunteers and the farmers as well um, as long as we keep you know doing what we're doing um, you know it's it's just a wonderful thing for Australia so yeah it's it, it's it's something that um, yeah we're very proud of and I I guess I I I didn't want I always had this philosophy that the richest place was the cemetery because there are these people who had dreams and they didn't have the courage or conviction to follow through on their dreams and they could have changed Australia and and I guess um I didn't know it at the time but I I guess I was sort of waiting for that opportunity that um to try and improve the quality of lives of others and and to show um well, a good example for our children and our grandchildren, and I think we've done that. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm always looking at more things. <laughs> the big uh, passion I've got at the moment is um, is compulsory home insurance um, because I've discovered, and this is not in Blaze, but I've discovered that 66% of public donations invariably go to um, people who... Um, decide not to insure their homes. Um, and I know farmers who um, spend ten, twenty thousand dollars in insurance and they pay premiums all their lives and um, and they're not the ones who put their hands out. And um, but we, we find out we always ask the farmers, are you insured? And I'll say, Oh yeah, I've got some insurance on this and that and so on. There's some that don't. There's a lot in fact there's a lot. It can be up to thirty, forty percent who don't have adequate insurance and but we especially help those farmers who paid premiums for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. And we say, right, tell us about what's not insured. <laughs> we say, right, we're going to help you there. So that that's something that um, is a passion at the moment. I'd, I'd like to, um, uh, you know, get that across the line um, that everyone has their home insured. And then we can, um, you know, all the, the great, you know, philanthropy we have in Australia, we can, put towards helping out in those areas where, um, you know, it's not mainstream to have insurance. Um, yeah, it's, there's a, there's a, um, a wonderful future, um, I think, ahead of us all if, if we just keep positive and, you know, I mean, there's always going to be bad days, but you know that there's, you know, good days to come after bad days. So, you know, just keep on forging ahead, I reckon. Have a positive attitude. Mm. Good on you, Kevin. Um, I'm speechless, <laughs> <laughs> and only only because um, the Blaze Aid story is just incredible. To think that it's come from a standing start and out of your adversity in '09 to what it is today, and for you to know that that what it is that has been created will be a legacy that will make an impact across the Australian landscape into the future. I just think it's a wonderful story. Um, 
Yeah, and I, you know, on behalf of the whole industry, I know I can't speak for the whole industry, but I know our listeners and I know there are so many people out there in communities that BlazeAid has touched that are so grateful and um, so thankful that you've stayed true to this cause and that you've um, you've played such a significant leadership role in making it happen. Uh, Jeremy, you, again, you, you speak very well and you, very, very kind words, but we... Um, I uh, know we, we we are look we are very very proud um, and um, I, I think um, also farmers are uh, really the flavour of the month. I mean you know right around the world there's um, there's a protein shortage. Um, farmers are um, you know a big part of you know providing that protein, the food and fibre. Um, we've got city people who are really interested in um, in how that food and fibre is produced. Um, there's, there's a, I think there's a real genuine empathy for farmers as well. So, um, you know, Blazeade's probably coming, you know, at, at a good time. Um, there's a, re- there's I, a re- and renewed optimism as well, I think. Uh, there, there is a renewed optimism. I, I totally agree. Um, and, you know, the seasons have changed again. Um, we seem to be kicking off that 15-year drought that we're in from what was it, 2002, three, right up to uh, 2018? We, I heard you in your introduction, you're talking about <laughs> how how wet it was up there, and I forget your metaphor, but I I love listening to it, and um and here it's the same. It's just um like seasons back in the 60s and 70s was when I was a kid, where you you wore gumboots all the time. It's going to be a colossal spring, um. But yeah, look, there's so much optimism, and and. Uh, I think, though, that what I've picked up is that um, we are, you know, I do believe we have climate change. And what I've picked up from the science is that, yeah, we'll have our normal seasons like we are now. We, I call this a normal season because that's what used to happen years ago. But at the at the extremes, there will be an extreme event. Now, it might be in the middle of summer, like, with with a fire that is pushed on by a hundred kilometer winds and it will just run, um, or it could be the storm that we had there a month ago that um, just um, you know flooded out and smashed a lot of farmers' fences down there at Hayfield and and you know, but they are going to continue to happen, and um, and us farmers we've got to be well as prepared for it as as much as we can. Um, and then we've got to, you know, bond together and, and look after each other. Um, I, I just think farming is just the most honourable of, of industries and professions. And, and the quality of people um, that you have as farmers who's, you know, one thing I love about farmers is that most of them, you know, their word is their worth and their worth is their word. <laughs> they are just so straight and honest and down the line and um, and they've got terrific guts um, and fortitude. Um, they um, they don't whinge or complain. Um, they they just they're so stoic and 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 they just keep on going. Um, I've, you know, farmers have made of tremendous fibre because of the tough times they've been through. Um, and you don't find that as much um, these days, you know, in the cities. Like, 
um, kids are brought up with relative, you know, you know, a very soft, fluffy life. But um, for many of those farmers out there well, in, in the in the country that we've been in, my God, we've we've met some incredible characters, and um, you know, you know, they've done it tough, and you know, they they love their life, and they're very proud um, of their own achievements and and the way they live. Um, and it's great. It's a it's a bloody honour to be able to support them and and get to know them and 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 to learn things from them. You know, I was just thinking of Stan up there at um, I think it's Stan, not Stan Hope. Uh, it's up near Tenderfield, and we had a base there about oh, eight years ago. There were big floods, and um, I met this um, this farming couple up there. That was all cattle country, and he said he had a flood fence. So I said, "How does this flood fence work?" And he he had it he had it tied up with um, uh, the the fence was ready to drop once the flood hit it. And uh, well, how could it drop? Well, he, he, I think he he bought some number you know fifteen the number twenty wire from Bunnings, and under a certain pressure of the flood, the whole fence would come down and uh, flat, and then the flood would go over it, and all he had to do was clean up a few logs and and you know that's something that I learned. You know, just little things. You know, on fencing. Um, you know, today my fencing. You know, I'm I'm a, a an eight eight line. Um, what it's called fast lock. Um, 200 meter rolls. Um, you know, I build fences for about our fence for about three thousand four hundred bucks a kilometer. Um, and we've just finished fencing after four months, um, thankfully. Um, but um, and and I've got techniques of my own, and um, and every farmer has got a different way of fencing. And uh, gee, you pick up some some great tips and you know great techniques, um, you know which is great. But anyway, there you go. We're all different, but um, you know it, 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 we we certainly live in great times because now with technology and iPhones and everything else, we're able to quickly mobilise and support each other. And I, I think the quality of your life is the quality of the communication you have with yourself and with others. And um, I know that when we go into a community that's been smashed, and we um, we do unite the farmers together. We have farmers' nights, and and uh, we want them to support each other after we're gone, and they do. Um, I know that after um, 2009, when when we were hit by the fires, and um, those farmers that I didn't know that well after the you know before the fires, because we're able to um, help them. Um, We've we've got you know great connections today, um, and it came from crisis. I mean, you know, I, I had a track tractor that slipped off a track there, um, and the photos all over Facebook. And anyway, I had um, two farmers, two of my neighbours, pulled me out, and it was a big operation because it was ready to tip, um, and uh, it was just a farm track, you know, and, it, and hit a root and just um, grabbed and sent the tractor sideways. Um, but uh, you know that those neighbours of mine probably saved me fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, and and all it was was a thank you. Mm. Um, you know, I, I just think that the quality of your life um, as a farmer is is how well, how much you give to your neighbours, and how much you look out for them. Um, you know, we've got our own private firefighting units. Um, we call it Blaze Alert. You know, we're all uh, connected by iPhones and you know UHF radios on um, um, what we call total fire ban days. Um, and we're looking after each other's back because we know that the um, 
you know, the, the CFA and the RFS are just not going to do it. Um, that we've got to look after each other. We've got to be the first responders. We need to be there within five minutes of a fire igniting. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it works extremely well. And I, I know in South Australia, they are really clued on those farmers yeah. over there. A lot, of, a lot of them are wheat growers. And, um, you know, if they're on the header and they see a bit of smoke in the distance, um, they, they turn off the header and they're in their private fire unit and there's 200 there before the authorities are there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great story. And that's what we must do, look after each other. Yeah. It's a nice note to finish on, Kevin. I think you're right that we're, we're lucky to be in the industry that we're in. And I think it's our characters and the communities that make it so special. Um, and as I said before, I think, um, yeah, the Blaze Aid story is an amazing one in how it turns up to those people and those communities. I'm really grateful for all your time and for being so open. And as I said at the start, your passion is so evident. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Kevin, for sharing. Thank you for your time. And um, thanks again. Good on you, Jeremy. And and look, I know it may have only been small to you, but that phone call you made, um, which sort of really set the dogs loose, so to speak, uh, you had already had farmers that had been smashed, and that's all I needed. Um, sometimes I can sort of, you know, try and play around and, you know, on Facebook and others and sort of know who's been hit by these fires or floods and it takes a while to get it going, but... Um, you know, any farmers out there listening, just keep in the back of your mind, when a natural disaster hits you, um, I know you've got to go down the back and I know you've got to do fencing yourself, but one thing you must do is give a phone call to me <laughs> so that I can um, set the ball rolling to help everyone in your community um, and, and get the ball rolling. So, all right, Jeremy. Well, thanks very much for being so uh, interested in Blaze Um yeah, it's, it's it's certainly um, um, been a great time talking to you and reflecting over things. For those people who may be interested, um, our daughter produces a monthly, um, or it might be a fortnightly magazine called the Blaze Aid Post. I mean, it's a good name, isn't it? The Blaze Aid Post. Um, and I'm writing a memoir, um, and it's only one sort of one chapter at a time, but. For anyone who's sort of interested in uh, the Blaze Aid story, it'll probably take about four or five years to evolve. Um, they might want to have a read of it, um, but there's other good news there about farmers and volunteers and great work that's being done as well. So it's the Blaze Aid post and all they need to do is just get on the website and um, um, just, um, well, even, even give me a call and uh, I'll give you Melissa's number and she'll just email it directly to you. We might so, we might share we might share a link to that in the intro. That'd be great. So that yep. have got it. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Kevin. You're a legend. All of, all of us now. Thank you very Bye. much for taking an interest. Bye bye now. Bye for now.